0: This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.
1: Hello everyone and welcome along to the Echo's Blood Red podcast. I'm your host for today, Matt Addison. We're all in the office. Myself, Sean Bradbury and Beth Lindop, our women's football writer, are all with me. We're going to have a little bit of a chat about what the ideal summer looks like for Liverpool. So plenty of transfer chat. We know you all love talking about all of that sort of thing. And obviously it's Jürgen Schmackers. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly to to start with, Sean. It's it's his first couple of days in the job. He seems to to be fairly busy at the moment, which is, I suppose, a good thing, a, a nice thing and a
2: little bit of a different thing for Liverpool as well. Definitely, yeah, put plenty on the in wasn't there, as we kind of anticipated and expected. It's been trail for a while, isn't it, how much of a busy summer this was going to be. You've heard Klopp talk about there's just definitely going to be spending. Even I think even the players are all aware of it. Auntie Henderson and others have, have mentioned it. But yeah, he's kind of joined with a bang. And I think Thursday was his first official day in the post as there's the final phase of handover between him and Julian Ward takes place and just seems to have unleashed the whole new crop of rumours, fresh names and faces for for us to have a little look at and Plenty of players that clearly he's having a little look at, and yeah, it um, just feels like the start of a, of, a, of a new era, albeit he is on this short term deal, which is, which is slightly strange. And the, the thing for me, which feels a little bit weird getting used to as, as, as a fan and also somebody who covers Liverpool, is you know, he, he was confirmed the other day and, and said, Oh, yeah, you know, I think it was Tuesday, was it? Or, or earlier in the week, and they said, Yeah, Thursday will be his first day. And then on Thursday, as soon as the, the confirmation came through, there was a big interview in, in German media. And, you know, here's a sporting director talking about, OK, he wasn't giving away state secrets, but he was talking about how he came to get the job and how it'll work. And, you know, given we've heard literally nothing from, from Ward and very, very little from, from Michael Edwards and, until he left, really. And maybe when he first arrived, yeah, it seems like things are going to be slightly different under Jorg. But, um, look, if he, gets, if he gets a few good names through the door this summer, gets the Liverpool rebuild off to its best possible start, uh, you never know, maybe, maybe they'll extend that deal and he'll be around for a little while. Yeah, it does sort of feel a little bit different, doesn't it, in terms
1: of the setup, the
2: influence maybe that
1: Jurgen Klopp has got. It, it does feel like York might be a Klopp pick almost. It doesn't feel like it can be a, a complete coincidence that he's kind of gone with someone who, let's say, he probably knows a little bit.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I think I think you know as Shaw mentioned there, it was it was slightly odd as well as that interview coming out on on Thursday. I think we're so used to under under Michael Edwards and and Julian Ward is is Liverpool's transfer business gets done pretty quietly, doesn't it? You know, mm. you've, and they've got to look at that Fabinho deal or the Cody Gapo deal, you know, obviously players are linked to the club all the time, but in terms of real concrete sort of links, you, you don't see them sort of cropping up too too frequently. We don't really have these protracted sagas, at least we've we've not really under Jurgen Klopp too much. Um and, and already we've been linked to to a, a vast number of, of players, you know, Kone and a, a, a number of, of other players too but so that's that's another thing that I think will take a little bit of getting used to and I think I, I read something the other day about you know your likes to be sort of maybe in the public arena a little bit more mm-hmm. likes to put things out there a little bit more and and maybe play the game in, in a more public way than the Michael Edwards and, and Julian Ward so I think that will be be interesting but um it could go one or two ways couldn't it it could be you know that that helps Liverpool or you know you do worry um a little bit when you you think about some of the the big hitters that have left the club behind the scenes in the past couple of years, and you hope that especially with them coming in on a short term deal, it's not going to destabilise the club, and it's not going to be a sort of a a little bit of a of a jet reaction, and and you know getting getting the wrong players in. But um, yeah, I'm sure we can get get two or three top signings in in the next few weeks, then he'll be a be a real fan favourite.
1: Yeah, it's certainly going to be a busy summer, isn't it, Sean? We're going to come on to. Sort of what that might look like and loads and loads of different names. I was doing a bit of research before we came in here and I typed into to Google Liverpool transfer targets midfield and the, the top story <laughs> that came up was 64 midfielders that have flagged <laughs> with Liverpool. So that, That's just today though. We're, we're <laughs> yeah. in for a treat aren't we I we think are, in terms of, of all of, of this sort of thing but let's kind of start with the bits that maybe won't change so much or certainly in an ideal world wouldn't. So the goalkeeper and the attack, does does that sound fair in terms of you're quite happy with that or? Is there any sort of changes that you'd like to see within those two areas?
2: No, yeah, I think that that's right. And Klopp has kind of hinted at that, didn't he? Well, he, I think he ring fenced goalkeeper as the one position that they definitely weren't looking at. So I suppose that's that raises the slightly interesting prospect of do they look at an attacker in some form? Because obviously, you know, for Firmino's off, isn't he? And you could argue there's a gap in the squad, but then you were already looking at that team, and by the end of the season, when virtually everyone was fit apart from Nunes, you know, there was there were times when you thought well how, how does this work next season even when Roberto Firmino is no longer there you know there's there's a lot of players and minutes will need to be managed and spread around but in terms of goalkeeper yeah I think I think that that's quite cut and dry but then the thing that could change it is just what is best for Kelleher and whether a good enough offer comes in for him Klopp said in the uh, last month I think mid, middle of last month that it would take an extraordinary offer with his words to get him round the table even to you know consider a bid for Kelleher. Um I was looking at the amount of games he's played and, and it, it is mad. I mean he's twenty four, I think he's twenty five at the end of this year, November. And there does have to be a point where his domestic career gets to move on. He's played so his entire professional career has been at Liverpool. He's played twenty one competitive games, which I know there's the whole thing of goalkeepers are like fine, why not? The you know the, the the older it gets, you know, they they they've got that experience and they can be better players. But that's the thing, he doesn't have that experience, I think he's played more competitive international games, if you include the, the youth set up for Ireland than he has for Liverpool, which is, isn't is quite right, you know, Alisson at the equivalent age had played, um, you know, lots and lots of domestic Brazilian action, I think pretty much around that age was on his way to Roma, so, you know, he was taking his first step into European football and, and you know, really putting himself on the map, obviously, to eventually get his move to Liverpool, so I do wonder with Kelleher, but. I suppose the thing that changes the picture there slightly maybe is is the Europa League, isn't it? Because I think mm. that's the one where Klopp can just say to him now, look, your contract's till I think it's 2026, give me one more season, you're my man man between the sticks and the Europa League. You know, you would imagine the draw. I just don't think there's a draw that could be hard enough where you have to call on Allison for those games, you know. I imagine that's a deal, at least with the group stages you can make with Kelleher now. So he played four four competitive games, I think it was, the season just gone, which obviously is nothing. You'd like to think he could double, if not treble, that with Europa League, possibly the domestic cups. I think that's that's the ideal thing with him is there's a season of compromise where he gets as much game time as he possibly can at Liverpool, gets a bit more exposure, which and experience which he needs, and then revisit it next summer when he'd still have a couple of years left on his deal. He'd still have, a think, a pretty high transfer value. You know that could only have gone up. You'd think you know he'd be 25 then. So yeah, I think that's the ideal because you know if if he goes and you're in that situation where Alisson is probably the the deputy, you know there's other there's younger lads who probably aren't quite ready to form part of a part of a three a goalkeeping unit of three. So that's what I hope happens there. But yeah, the attack, I I just don't think anything needs to be done. I think everything there is tactical. It's all about how things work in the summer. Obviously, there's questions around Nunes. There's even questions around Diaz. You know, how do you turn him from a great soloist into into part of this the mm-hmm. orchestra, if you like. Um, and Gapo will continue to, to to bed in. But yeah, Kelleher is the one, the only decision I'd say needs to be made in those two ranks. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with that. I think in terms of, of the
1: attack, we shouldn't forget sort of Bendo, Kate Gordon, yeah. those sorts of players as well. Obviously, Cody Gapo has, has taken on the kind of Firmino type role, like you say, you've kind of got that skill set covered. But let's move on to the defence then. I think that is the, the place to start in terms of, we've seen loads of midfield links that we'll come back to in a second, but it does kind of feel like that is an area as well. I think I'd be a little bit worried if Liverpool got to the end of this summer and they hadn't got a centre-back in. I think that's that's got to be a bit of a, a big priority for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you look and you've see we've got four senior centre-backs, but then you look at, at Matip and, and Gomez's injury records and you think, you know, that could quite quickly go down to, to having two... Uh, senior centre backs fit and Canate as well as had a couple of knocks, hasn't he? So, again, you you want to in terms of durability, you'd like to bring someone else in, and and also when you look at the the form of of Joe Gomez, you know, obviously didn't cover himself in glory necessarily in that game at, at Southampton, and and Matip, who I'm a massive fan of, I think he's been exceptional at times for Liverpool, but again this season, as many of the team have, but I think he has dropped off a little bit and um you think with with Jürgen Klopp trying out that slightly new formation with Trent coming in a bit further forward and you know playing almost not quite three at the back but you know there's talk of bringing in that left-sided kind of player who's maybe got a little bit of bit more pace and, and and able to you know to recover and 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 get back and help Trent if if necessary so yeah it's um it's it's an interesting one I mean I think in terms of in terms of Kelleher, I, I agree with with Sean. I think you know that's a that's an area that Liverpool will have to look at I, again. Big fan of of him, and think that, you know, he's he's someone that I'd, I'd like to keep at the club. I can't think of too many better sort of number two goalkeepers in the league. But it comes to a point where you've got to respect that a player's been a great servant to the club and and has bided bad at the time, and it just maybe hasn't worked out because of how good Alisson is. But yeah, in terms of in terms of defenders, I'd definitely be concerned if we didn't look to bring someone in to, to sort of um to help bolster our options and whether that means that then Joe Gomez or Joel Matip maybe look elsewhere you know I'm not I'm not too sure but um I think they definitely need to be looking at bringing in a player maybe a bit younger with a bit of pace to them as well to help with that high line and, and again to to be able to sort of help with that new formation as well the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo
1: Yeah, Matip only has 12 months left on his contract as well, Sean. So even if he was to stay, you can maybe look at, at getting someone in who can mm-hmm. sort of bed themselves in. And then if he was to go on a free in, in 12 months, you've kind of got that sorted. It it kind of feels like that has to be the case. They've they've done it, to be fair, with the attack. They've got these players in early and then the players have left, like Firmino, and you've already got that replacement in. They've maybe not done it with the midfield, which yeah. we will come back to. But with the defence, you've kind of got to do what you did with the forward line and, and do it before it becomes a real urgent problem.
2: Yeah, definitely. No, I think you, you're both spot on. And especially with Beth for saying as well, it, it's that left sided one for me, isn't it? I think, you know, if you look at the way Liverpool finished the season with the new system and, you know, I think it pretty much, you can't say it pretty much was three at the back, wasn't it? And certainly in games where Liverpool were had most of the ball, that's what it looked like most of the time until sometimes they reset and, and Trent was back on the right. But yeah, it's that... I wouldn't say Robertson looked out of place, I think he coped with the demands of it pretty well, you know, by and large, and in, in some respects it's a really interesting puzzle for the opposition when, you know, it looks like a three, but then you've got this left-sided player in, in Robertson who, you know, as we've seen down the years, is basically a winger, isn't he? So if Liverpool get it right, get the transitions and, and you know, different tactical setups for different situations in a game correct, then, you know, if he's still heading down the wing and crossing balls in and do what he can do, it's... It's dangerous but at the same time yeah i think that's the that's the position that there is a little bit of a of a concern around i mean you know similar it remains to be seen what's happening with him Um, we've been you know looking into reports this week and trying to get a steer on whether he might go there was that kind of a few people spotted some tears didn't they or at least a little bit of emotion on the on the final day against the other way you thought oh, okay is he is he is he off here and if it's a back three i don't necessarily think there's room for two left backs certainly not two who would expect decent game time so yeah i'm I'm totally in that camp if you need someone for that, for that left role. Because on the right, obviously, you'd say, if it's a three, Kanate is the one who would, would be the first choice for the right-sided role. But as you guys have said, you've got Gomez. Even Matip, who has done it, hasn't he, at the back end of the season, played there and, and looked all right. Obviously, as we all know, he can stride, stride off into midfield and beyond and, and do it quite well. Van Dijk, obviously, is the first choice in the middle. But then all of those other guys could play there in the absence of Van Dijk. But then it is that left-sided one where... It's only really Robertson, Simakas has had a little go at it. I think if you put Van Dijk there, that would be a bit odd, wouldn't it? Especially if you then did reset into a back four and you've suddenly got Virgil at left back. You know, I'd much more, rather have someone who was a touch more natural uh, and a bit quicker, just younger in that position. I mean, this name that keeps cropping up is... Mickey Van Der vent who who just look, I think he's, I've seen, I've only seen one video clip of him, so you know you can you can base a lot on that in terms of hopes and uh You've watched it many times. I've yeah. watched it many times. Yeah, I've probably watched the ninety of him. If, if you based it on one, but he's massive. He's like six four Rapid kind of reminds me of Robertson in the way he gets about. But he but he's like you know twice the size of him, and um, you know can cover the pitch. But is it is a centre back who can play on the left? And he, you know, whether this is just two and two. Being put together because uh, is as a rider, but obviously he plays for Wolfsburg. This lad, where Schmack has kind of been, so that is an interesting one. I think it, I think it's one to keep an eye on because you just can't rule out him going back to his old club and, and and seeing what happens there. But it's exactly the right profile of signing. You know, 22 year old plays the position that we're all, if not concerned about, at least they've got a little eye on. You know, Liverpool improving in. So yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. If if the, if if it ended, you know, where we were still looking at Phillips or Williams or whoever to come in and and fill in at the end of the end of the summer, I would be a little bit worried about that.
1: Yeah, I think I'd be a little bit worried for Nat Phillips as well if he had to stay around for yeah. another another summer that's <laughs> yeah. not been allowed to, to make that move away. But is there anyone else that has caught your eye? I know during Timber's been linked, there's been, you know, a a couple of, of names, not anywhere near as many as there are for, for the centre of, of midfield. But if you could pick any player to, to come in yeah, what, uh, what would
0: the names be? Yeah, I think Timber probably is is the one that I've maybe seen most of. I think, like Sean said, with with Vanza I, I think most Liverpool fans have probably seen that clip of him hair and back and <laughs> uh, clearing it off the off the off the goal line. And I mean, you've got to say Van Verna is ready made to have a song on the cop with that name. <laughs> oh, yeah. Isn't that would be a would be great, but. Um, but yeah, I think Timber's probably the one um, I've seen most of. And I know Levi Colwell, some sort of very tentative links to him, and obviously he's had an impressive season with, with Brighton, obviously on loan from Chelsea. But um, I think just someone of that profile, you know, a young player, a fast player, a fit player, you know, I think all over the pitch, that's what Liverpool need. They need they need to, to lower the age profile of this squad. And, and, you know, Jurgen Klopp's best sides have been built on these, you know, they don't necessarily have to be the best, technically most gifted players, but... You know, players who are going to run and who are going to work and are going to have the energy and, and the relentlessness to be able to cope with what Jurgen Klopp wants. So I think any player who can fit that profile and obviously it's easier said than done, isn't it? But um, but yeah, I think Timber would be a good one. And, and yeah, off off the evidence of that twenty second clip of Van <laughs> um, you know, but I, I've seen sort of aerially he struggles. But then again, Liverpool are quite good at developing sort of that aerial side of the game in, in players. So yeah, that's it, one to keep an eye on, I think. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a couple more names once they've sorted out the midfield. You can come back and, and yeah. sort of sort out the, the rest of it afterwards. So, let's move on to, to the midfield then. Probably a few things that we're looking for in that area. Beth just mentioned in terms of the centre backs. You think of aggression strength a mm. bit more kind of legs i suppose is the best way of putting it that's that's kind of what liverpool need isn't it just that injection of a little bit of something else
2: yeah i think that was evident from literally from the first game last season wasn't it where liverpool's first choice midfield if you three if you like if henderson for and tiago went to fulham wasn't it and just it didn't it didn't quite look right then and i don't think it was a problem that was really ever resolved all season but then Fast forward to the end of the campaign and you know we, we've got this box midfield of a two and a two. And I think it raises similar questions but slightly different ones. I think the, the two positions, I think, not saying two two roles are locked down on that team, but Trent, I think, will start next season there. You know, certainly in some games. I think if Liverpool went went back to the more rigid 4 three, three, straight away, I'd be quite surprised. I think, you know, the, the experiment has worked, hasn't it? So, you know, build on that. So, and, and I think Jones... And maybe in combination with a few other players they've got in the squad, one of those roles of the more advanced midfield two is probably fillable with with you know several of the players they've got now. So the two I was looking at really for where I think you know I definitely think you need more than two midfielders, but it's the sixth role. It's it's Fabinho or, or whoever that is, and that's where the links this week to you know to, to Ram to Kone have really started to get interesting. I think you're seeing players who. Offer something slightly different in that role Which I think would be really, really kind of intriguing And then it's the one, it's the one where Henderson's been playing And became a bit of a fixture Didn't he, as like the right side of the advanced Number eight, if you like And that, I just found that that quite Not, not a puzzle, because you know, obviously he, he played well in that position You know, Liverpool were doing alright, weren't they in, the, in this run, and he's the captain Klopp clearly, you know, loves him and values him as a player But it did feel like that wasn't perhaps The natural place for him to be despite the fact he kept on getting called on you know, for, for the last few games of the season. So it's those two where I think you could potentially see money being spent and a player coming in to instantly come and do a job in one of those two. And you know, I think McAllister feels like the one that's getting the closest now of all the, the, the bigger names that have been mentioned. Obviously, we all know Bellingham was a target and for, whatever, for the various reasons that's not happened. Doesn't look like Mount's going to be one that can be done. Seems like he might go elsewhere. I think he would have been to be honest, of all the names, ideal for that Henderson role, if you like, because mm. he's got he's got the legs and he's got the work rate. He's got the technical ability. He's got goals. He could. The, my one concern with that role is how all-encompassing it is, because you've got to be able to cover for Salah out wide and, and get around him as well as inside him. So, I think it does need a bit of a worker in that role, ideally, just so you know Salah isn't stranded out wide. So it's there, and it's the six and. What I'd say with the number sixes, and what's so interesting about both Kone and Suram as as linked names, is um it's kind of spotting a bit of a pattern at the end of the season where I think Fabinho finished the campaign really well. You know, it was his best spell of the season comfortably after looking like he was you know running in lead boots for the for the first third of it, maybe even half of it. But there, there was games where you know everyone everyone's onto what Trent's doing from that position, trying to run the game from inverted fullback, whatever you want to call it. So if you get two men on Trent. There were some games where Fabinho was seeing a lot of the ball and had a lot of space ahead of him. And don't get me wrong, he's, he, he can, he's quite good with the ball at his feet, isn't he? And he can pick a pass. But if you get someone who's much more natural like running into that space and carrying the ball progressively and you know finding a pass and just getting the team up to pitch very quickly, if Trent's being marked, that's what I'd, I'd be really, really interested in. And both of these guys, both Kone and Sharam, sound like they've got that in their locker. They can, they can take people on, they can dribble... Um, so yeah, it's it's those two positions for me. But and, and I think, you know, just in terms of numbers in the squad, given how many have left and how many are just getting on a bit now, it, it it would be those two positions, but I would want three players, you know, one at least one with more of a defensive mindset who could fill in as a six, you know, if Fabinho or Basetic or whoever, be part of that mix. And then probably two for the attacking positions. So I'd say McAllister plus one. And, you know, as you said before, Matt, there's like you could, you could type local into Google now and there'll be, be a million names that will come up for those positions. And I wonder if someone will emerge who's a little bit under the radar, whose name hasn't cropped up yet. But, um, but yeah, certainly needs to be more than two, but it would be those two positions for me.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
2: I think with the the Kone,
1: Turam, and even McAllister to some extent, it's quite interesting because they can play more than one of those Mm -hmm. positions. Mm -hmm. You think of McAllister can do all three of of the defensive, the box to box, and the sort of number 10 thing. I think that's a bit more like we were used to Liverpool maybe a couple of years ago. They've had Thiago, who's a bit more of a specialist, Mm -hmm. but you've maybe got a couple of different options within that. So then you can play this new Trent system, you can go back to the old one, you can do something else. I think that's a big thing for me in terms of, of what I'd be looking for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that, that Jürgen Klopp will be looking for too, you know, that versatility and that ability to play. And I think while we're not sort of 100% certain that this system that, that they sort of trial toward the end of the season is the one that they're going to stick with long-term, you know, I think while they're sort of still trialling that having players who have the ability, as you say, to sort of fit in that system, but also then play in the more conventional four three three, is is the way forward really, isn't it? I mean, I think... Um, and, and and Kone both, as Sean said, fit that more slightly defensive-minded profile, while still being, you know, quite progressive with the ball. And I think the interesting one will be who we get in in that more advanced role. You know, McAllister obviously can play there. Um, I you know Mason Mount. I'm, I'm slightly disappointed that that not sort of Bellingham levels of disappointment, but <laughs> um, you know, I think I could have sort of envisioned him sort of being reinvented a little bit under Jurgen Klopp and finding that form that saw him sort of be Chelsea's best player when they they won the Champions League and you know brings goals, which is something that Liverpool have been desperately lacking from midfield. Even at the the peak under Jurgen Klopp, you know, we've always sort of had that as as maybe our one sort of negative is that that we've maybe not contributed to as to as many goals from midfield as as we would have liked so yeah it obviously looks like he's maybe United bound at, at the moment if reports are to be believed and you know fair enough they can probably offer more higher wages and Champions League football um, so Liverpool have sort of got to take the medicine and, and look elsewhere and um, you know as, as we've said there's a million and one names linked to, to Liverpool at the moment so I think that's the that's the position that I'd be interested to see you know will we be linked to maybe a slightly more progressive more advanced midfielder and, and you know who will that be?
1: Yeah, Mason Mount I think would have been one of my first picks I think I can't hide my disappointment and if he does go to United I'd be interested to see quite where he fits in it sort of feels to me like it would have made more sense from a footballing mm. perspective for him to come to Liverpool where there is that that obvious position you think of Eriksen and Bruno Fernandez; he's, yeah. he's not going to play that role for Manchester United but he could have maybe done that for Liverpool
2: Oh definitely and you know as, as we've said and described and seen with this new system you know, there's there's two of those roles and as much as I think Curtis Jones could not have done more to try and lock that one down almost for himself next season or at least throw his hat into the ring to be the one who starts whoever Liverpool play uh, you know, the first game in August. Yeah, Mounts comes with a, a lot of experience at, at pretty much every level a lot of high profile and th- what I liked about him although I'm not entirely sure on this you know, is I, I, like, I would have liked the idea of like a player with a bit of a point to prove who, you know, for whatever reason fell out of Chelsea a little bit and, and as you said Beth you know, getting to grips with him and like reinventing him a little bit and just re-energising him I suppose more, more than anything but then I, I don't know I, I also get the impression and I might be totally wrong about this maybe this is just how some of the contract negotiations have been reported and you know it, is it agent talk is it paper talk but I, I kind of feel like if he, could, if he could have had his way he would have stayed where he was which maybe is a slight concern you know of Obviously, I think if he if he had signed for Liverpool, and, and who knows, he may still still do that. You know, he'd give it everything, wouldn't he? You know, he's that, that type of character. But I don't know the, the circumstances around that one were probably not ideal. I don't think. And, and if he does go to United, you know, well, you know, fair, fair play to him. But yeah, that's that's certainly where I think York will, will earn his corn. Of, you know, finding some finding some names for those two positions, especially if it does feel like some of Liverpool's first choice options for them have been have been thwarted a little bit. In a sense of Bellingham and, and Mount, but you know, I'm sure listeners to this have read what Gorsey and Doyle and others on our on our team have, have written about all this over the last few weeks, and you know, club sources have said plates have been spinning for, for quite a while. You know, groundwork has been done on much much more than the normal number of targets for a summer window because of all the different variables about where would Liverpool finish, it's things like this as well. You know, how how certain are we to be able to get someone like Mount or someone like Bellingham? As we've seen, you know, that's a deal that you know, almost certainly looks like it's not going to be done to Liverpool this summer. So, yeah, I'd, I would just hope now that everything behind the scenes has gone to plan and Ward to Schmatke can be a handover of, like, groundwork more than anything. And, you know, there are other names lined up and they can progress with them quite quickly. I think the other thing
1: with Mason Mount is the homegrown element. I think that is is a big thing when you think of the players that Liverpool are losing, Oxlade-Chamberlain and Milner. Mm-hmm. Possibly, Kelleher might go as as we've discussed as well. There's there's a bit of a question mark over that because if you don't get Bellingham and you don't get Mount, there's not that many really good sort of players in that position that would be English, homegrown, and, and come into all that sort of thing as well.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, and I guess as, as well, that's where the, the Fabio Carvalho situation comes in again, mm-hmm. isn't it? Because I know obviously he, he could have represented Portugal and he, he was born over there, but he does technically qualify as a, as a homegrown player. So again, you, you think that's a bit of a curious case, don't you, really? And I, I think his problem has been that nobody's really known what his best position is. And um, I, I think it's a, it's a shame, really, because I think in a, in the same way as, as Kelleher, Keller, I think this season with Europa League, he potentially would have got... You know there could have been a conversation that you know you start all of these group games and that's where you get your game time and 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 you know prove you prove your worth I guess but I think you know a low move for him maybe does make sense for for, for this season but yeah that that is an interesting one and obviously you don't want to be buying players just for the, the sake of it and just fulfilling a quota but it's obviously a very very important thing so um, we've not been linked to too many I guess homegrown targets really have we a lot of you know players overseas so it'll be it will be interesting to see. You know, obviously the club will be very much aware of that and I'm sure maybe behind the scenes they might be might be looking at that and, and thinking who they can, can bring in. Um but that that is an interesting one and something they're obviously gonna to have to consider in the in the coming weeks and months.
1: Yeah, there was a suggestion, I think it was in the mail that they wanted as much as eighty million for for Mason Mount with a year left on his contract yeah. and, and things like that. I mean on the one hand, a year left, that is ridiculous, but then at the same time, you know, he is homegrown and, and there aren't many of, of those kinds of, of players. Is, is there anyone else that you can think of that, that could sort of play into that for Liverpool? Because I'd imagine that at least one of the signings this summer would have to be considering that there's two English players leaving to, to kind of balance that up. It, it would seem to make a bit of sense.
2: It's a tricky one, isn't it? I suppose certainly with the, the kind of premium target names that have been mentioned. There's not really many. He felt like the kind of last man standing in that respect, who's not only homegrown, but is versatile, has good qualities, and is used to the league as well, which is, you know, I think a huge factor in terms of not having another season of transition, really. You know, you need people who are going to, in the main, hit the ground running. I'm trying to think in terms of other homegrowns. I mean, I'm personally not as against the idea of of Conor Gallagher as as, as some are. I certainly don't think he's he's a marquee-type name, but... I think if he was the third, if if, if let's say right now you said uh, you can have McAllister, one of Tiram and Kone and Gallagher as your third kind of versatile squad option, you can work hard, is homegrown, could potentially play in, I actually think as as, as someone who could play on the right and pop out to the wing and cover for Salah, as I was saying before, I, I don't think he'd be the worst in that position. Um, he would be my one, but then again, you know, you're know, you dealing with Chelsea who, who just seem... Well that was a bit mad a lot very <laughs> mad in terms of like their expectations and you know what what they potentially would be wanting for him and their plans for their squad and, and all that type of thing. But to be honest though, if, if they managed to get sixty seventy million out of out of United for mount, given what you said that there 's only a year left on his deal you know fair play to, them. I kind of think that that again would then be entering territory where Liverpool would probably be making the right call not to do that, mm. especially if that then impacted again on who the other players they could get would be but um yeah, he would be my slightly left field and and with the caveat of only if he was the third midfield signing through the door, he he would be my name.
1: Yeah, I think my my equivalent would be James Ward-Prowse. I I yeah. I think I can see him doing that kind of Trent hybrid thing. I think he can sort of do a bit of the Milner play a couple of different positions, that sort of thing. Bad as well. I wouldn't be wouldn't be against that but then again how much uh, Southampton going to want for him I'm not too mm-hmm. sure, but uh, it it does kind of feel like that two nailed on and then one as a third is, is that the right balance do you think
0: yeah right. i i think i think quite possibly obviously the, the only other sort of major sort of homegrown midfielder that's going to go and probably go in this summer transfer window is is declan rice obviously been linked heavily with the move to arsenal hasn't he and you can't see liverpool probably stumping up the cash for him when you know they've, they've already got the, their eye on other targets Um so yeah i think you, as sean said you know you don't want to be bringing in Three young players who've never played in the Premier League before, and and who are struggling to, you know, it's it's always exciting when you get linked with a, with a player who's you know, the brightest young thing in France or in Spain or in Portugal, but then actually, it's how do they how do they fare when they come over here? So. So yeah, I think definitely getting to maybe slightly more experienced players. Obviously, McAllister coming in has had a, an excellent season and World Cup winner, and um, so you know I think hopefully he would hit the ground running. And if you're getting another player who can could sort of do the same thing, then that's sort of their choice. Midfield addition, you know, it's it's a little bit more up in the air, isn't it? I mean, Conor Gallagher. Again, I don't think it we'll would be massively popular among among the fan base, but imagine the Twitter Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't like to be Liverpool's Twitter admin when that gets announced <laughs> if that if that one got over the line, but um, but yeah, I think the thing the thing with Conor Gal Gallag- Conor Gallagher is if you'd have gone back, you know, to when he was at Palace and he was sort of having a, a fantastic spell there, and then you'd have said he was coming to Liverpool, I think the reaction would have been very different, and you know, that, that player is obviously still in there, he's obviously been tarnished with the brush of, of A lot of Chelsea players have this season of a really, really disappointing campaign. So, you know, I don't think it'd be the worst move in the world, certainly wouldn't be the most sort of exciting or the most, you know, generate the most uh, most joy from the fan base. But, um, but yeah, I think as long as you can get sort of two top players who are going to come in and be guaranteed, pretty much guaranteed starters and, and really hit the ground running, then you've maybe got a little bit more of a licence, especially with Curtis Jones having performed as he has and Trent coming into midfield a little bit more to maybe have a third player who, who can sort of be slightly more of a fringe player and take a bit more time to, to get up to speed
1: I think the, the Premier League proven point is, is a good one as well Sean in terms of I want to see McAllister and I want to see another for yeah. the Premier League mm. there's no sort of four month Fabinho gradually yeah. putting him into the team it's got to be day one of next season two out of that midfield three have got to be new players yeah, I,
2: I, yeah. That that's the thing is. I suppose again, go back to our point about the Europa League. That whilst that very clearly isn't the Premier League, it, just in the general sense of helping someone settle in to the club and to the style and to the system, that is helpful because you know obviously when when it's Champions League, your, your point totally applies. It's you know you've seen it with a few players, Ammyer, Fabinho, or Robertson, or others, where it does take that little bit of time for them to fully get up to speed. You know, Nunes, I think, can can be on that list now, despite the fact his goal was him was. You know pretty reasonable obviously there were there were tactical elements but yeah that, that's why again i sound like i'm just kind of gallagher propaganda now but like i, I do think there's there's an element in which like he's got that and the, the, the one comparison i make there is um is when milner came even though he came for nothing i think there was skepticism around that it was a bit like well why why do we need this player you know and he's the type of player quite say gallagher's the, you know the same exactly the same type of player but like there's often a bit of a misunderstanding about what he is and what he offers. And the fact that he could just offer so much in terms of versatility was was massive. And, you know, he's he's left the legend, And I'm I'm not quite gonna predict that for Gallagher now <laughs> when Liverpool we'll haven't even signed him. But yeah, I, I I think I think it's I think it's a massive factor. That just seems everything around what Klopp has said, all his rhetoric and, and his direct comments have been like, you know, we want players in. This was said, maybe if not directly by the boss, it was it was the the attitude of the club when the Bellingham kind of guidance and, and steers came out that, that this, this wasn't going to happen was, well, Klopp wants players in on the first day of pre-season and, you know, deals need to be done quickly at the start of the window so he can he can really get the squad working for the for, for kick-off in August because, I mean, you, you can look at so many things that went wrong last summer, can't you? But I think pre-season preparations, like ta- tactically and kind of technically and recruitment, I think if the club could have their time again, they would they would change a lot of everything that happened, and Klopp's cock for that, hasn't he? I'm sure a few months ago, he did a, a few weeks ago even, he did a chat with Sky on the, on the day of the game and kind of said, you know, I have to hold my hands up and say, I've got things wrong. Um, so yeah, any anything or anyone that could help Liverpool from the off next season is is, is a must. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it
1: promises to be an interesting few weeks for Liverpool. We'll keep you updated, of course, on the Liverpool Echo website and on Liverpool.com as well. But we'll leave it there for today. That's what we do this summer. Over to you, Jörg Schmacker.
0: You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.